came not to bring peace. This seems to be, on its surface, a little out of character for Jesus. I mean, what happened about turning the other cheek? Or what about Christian pacifism and nonviolence? Today, we read that Jesus said, I came to bring a sword. Some may try to say that that's just a metaphor. But even if it's a metaphor, the point is that there's going to be disagreement, division, and discord, conflict. Jesus, throughout his ministry, certainly does not advocate for us being a victim. He was confrontational, and he asks us to do the same. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to at least do what I do. We're not above him. So we have to ask, what did Jesus mean when he said, I came to bring a sword? Well, we also remember that the night that he was betrayed and he was in the garden, Peter took out his sword to try to protect Jesus. And at that point, Jesus said, put it away, Peter. So therefore, we ask the question, does Jesus permit violence in certain circumstances? And if so, when? Now, this is a very heavy reading that, that we're doing this morning, especially on our VBS morning. But in a way, how appropriate, because we know of the challenges facing our world trying to keep children safe from violence. And of course, that was a concern of mine as we were planning for VBS. What would we do? How will we keep the children safe? And even to be personal about it, when we are responsible for children, we have to, as parents and guardians of them, think through what is appropriate for discipline as well. One thing that we have to remember as Lutherans is that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works. One of the things that this means is that we don't put a very high value on the work that we do. And that's always hard. That's so countercultural. It's so against everything that our world is built around to not consider the works that we do to be sufficient, to get us into heaven. We're just not good enough. Even as hardworking, as successful as many of us are, our works aren't enough to save us. And therefore, if our work isn't enough to save us, to get us into heaven, then we ought to be very cautious with our work, especially when it comes to the topic of coercion and force recognizing that when we use it, it may not be all that helpful. In fact, less is more most of the time. So when we think about Vacation Bible School and we think about children and we think about this topic, really what we need to be asking ourselves, which I think everyone can agree on, is how do we create the safe, environment as possible for people? How do we create a peaceful and safe environment? One of the things is to not be afraid. Jesus says at least three times in our gospel reading this morning, do not be afraid. When we are overcome with fear, 
we don't always make the best choices. We have to trust God that this world was made to be safe. We must trust God that every human being is made in the image of God. And even those humans that have really gone astray and have done hurtful things, in their soul, they are a child of God. And so it is our responsibility to keep each other safe. And so I would say that when we, as the people of God, as a community, as a city, as a nation, as a, as a planet, when we as people have to keep the peace, we should use coercion only insofar as it's necessary to maintain peace. And I think our main goal, you know, people often talk about like two extremes in Christianity. You've got nonviolence, which is absolutely no violence whatsoever, and then you have redemptive violence, where violence is used to, for justice. Well, what about the idea of less violence? Just considering it for a moment. And what I mean by that is, let's say we encounter someone or something that is a threat. We, when there's enough of us, strength in numbers, we can use less violence than the threat to subdue them. One example I often referred to was when there was a dangerous person that entered a church in Orange County. I think it was a Chinese-speaking church. And they subdued the person with hymnals and microphone cables and things like that. They used force, but they used less violent force than the perpetrator. And because they worked in numbers, they were able to preserve life and peace. Same thing when we are parenting when we are teaching, when a, when a child is misbehaving and doing something, yes, of course, we have to direct them. It's not chaos. We have to have order, but we always use less, less force than what they may be using and direct them gently. Jesus says in our gospel morning, in our gospel reading this morning, that two sparrows might be sold for a penny but not one sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing about it. In other words, God is aware and cares for all living things, from sparrows to human beings. And Jesus says, aren't you worth more than many sparrows? The point being that our life is sacred to God and our well-being, our quality of life of all ages, from firstborn to the very end of life, all of it is sacred and precious to God. So I was thinking about sparrows and birds, and there have been a few things that have happened recently that highlight uh, God's care for us through creation. A couple weeks ago, when Jerry Euler was giving his testimony, a homing pigeon flew outside and landed um, outside while he was giving his testimony. That same homing pigeon, it must belong to someone around here, visited our family when we were having a birthday party for Paxton in our backyard. And our pool was full of children and they were splashing around, making all kinds of noise, and the dogs were running around outside. And this pigeon just flew in in the middle of the party and went in our pool, right in the middle of all the children, because it was thirsty. 
And of course, we didn't want it to drink chlorine water. So we got, you know, the children were very excited and we got water for it to drink. But the problem was if the bird landed outside of the pool, which was the only fenced area, the dog was trying to get it. You know, our, our beloved dog, he couldn't resist the bird. And so we had to figure out where would we put the water in such a way where the bird could drink it and be safe, right? See, that's an example of coercion in a way. We're corralling the dog, keeping the dog away from the bird, the, keeping the children safe and feeding the bird, right? I mean, that's a very practical example of what Jesus is talking about. How do we work as a community and, and corral behavior so that all of God's creatures can live well. Um, another example I was thinking back in my life was once I served at a church where there was a, a real big problem with pigeons. And the pigeons would come to the church and they would make a mess. So you know how we got rid of the pigeons? We baptized them and we confirmed them and they flew away and they never came back. <laughs> now that's an, old, that's an old pastor's joke. No, but what we really did is we had to install spikes, you know, the spikes that you see around businesses. If you think about it, that's kind of an act of coercion, right? You're making it very uncomfortable for the pigeons to land in certain areas. But it's nonviolent, right? It's nonviolent, but it, it, is, a, it is a coercive act to, to maintain order and peace. And if we do that for pigeons... How much more are we worth than pigeons? How much more can we use our, create, our creativity, our intelligence, our shrewdness, our read of people, our understanding of human behavior to maintain peace? When Jesus says that he came to turn son against father and mother against daughter and in-law against in-law, what he's saying, what he's saying is that we have to recognize that God is within us, that if we want to be a solid person, a person of character, a person of faith, we have to see that we are a priority, maintaining our own well-being. God is within us. The name of God is I am. So we can only have authentic, loving relationships with our children and our elders and our family when we first take care of ourselves and our relationship with God. That is our priority. And when we do that first, when we attend to God's love for us unconditionally, and that God wants us to be safe and secure and happy, when we do that, then we are able to provide that for others. We may love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That is totally in agreement with Jesus' words this morning, as challenging as they may be. One of the beautiful, my favorite parts of Vacation Bible School, I didn't get to share yet, was getting here early, getting here early. Uh, it was a privilege to be able to get here, maybe not before Loretta, um, <laughs> but, I, but I would get here early and help unlock and bring out the toys. And you know what I would hear in the morning? I would hear the birds singing, and it was beautiful, beautiful to hear the birds singing, and one by one, the children coming in, and they would be singing too, and we would kick around a soccer ball, we would play with a hula hoop, we would shoot a foam rocket, and to just play, and for them to be safe and secure 
and know that this is a place where they can feel God's love was the highlight of my vacation Bible school. And so I hope that each and every one of us can feel God's love and safety and security in this place and that we can continue to invite and share that with one another. Amen. Please stand as you're able and we sing our hymn of the day when our song says peace. When our song says peace and the world says war.